Before we start the episode, I wanted to give a huge thank you to our sponsor, Nicolas Fritz. Uh, if you need a watch for his and hers, definitely recommend checking them out. Uh, that's uh, nicolasfritzwatches.com. That's N-I-K-L-A-A-S-F-R-I-T-Z-Watches.com. Also, if you add in Rayados90 promo code, you can get a discount on an order uh, when you order a watch. So, thank you and enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Rayados 90 podcast. I'm your host, Eduardo Rasso. Joining me, as always, as Patrick Mihan and Rompas. We are... This is the first part um, of the podcast. This is a two-part podcast. Two different conversations. Uh, our second uh, part of the podcast is going to be with Simon Edwards, who is really, very knowledgeable on Colombian football. We ask him about Stefan Medina... Pavon, all that good stuff. Uh, so you know it's good thirty minutes, thirty good good thirty minute conversation. So if you don't know much about Colombian football, and you know as Monterrey we have our own share of Colombians and transfer season starting up, and we do have one target that we've all read. Uh, that's Colombian. So really encourage you to stick around and hear that. But guys, our our season has come to an end. The the house is on fire. Uh, everybody has their hot opinions. It's it's still a fresh wound. Um, we'll start with the first leg. The first leg, Rios, you know, walked away with a one nothing win. And then yesterday, as we saw, uh, Tigres got their one nothing win. And the tiebreaker being that they finished second in the league, they got that, you know, allowed them to move on. And. Uh, what is there to say? What there there's so there's there's so much to to, to <laughs> dissect here, but I'm, everybody already knows at this point, Diego Alonso is not going anywhere. They made it official this morning. They had a press conference, so Diego Alonso is going to be here for at least the apertura, and then we'll see after that. But you know, the people who wanted him fired last night, they did not get what they wanted, and it's just crazy that in it, it, less than 24 hours after be, after having our season ended, they had a um, press conference saying nope Diego Alonso is not going anywhere so Pat let's just talk about the game right now and then we'll diverge into everything that's you know the fallout of it but Pat give us your thoughts and opinions on the you know the two legs uh between Rayados and Tigres yeah um well first of all first of all before I talk about that um I just want to make it clear I think it's officially, or now, the regular season matters. That's two seasons in a row where we get eliminated because of, mm. of, of points. Which is, which is, you know, we normally go like, oh, the only thing that matters is, is how you come into the playoffs. But it, it's two seasons in a row where we're eliminated because of being irregular in the league. So apart from that, you know, we still, you know, you know, you got to know the rule and you got to go uh, play those games. So... You know, Diego Alonso did what he knows to do. Uh, it was deja vu for me from last season. Everything 
was going according to the bad plan. Uh, Alonso, you know, he may say uh, they weren't try- they weren't trying to defend, but that that substitution that he made, having McJoni starting the game instead of Jesus Gallardo and David Lesurta up top, I think that lets us know what his intentions were. Uh, you know, McJoni, what was the, where was the last time he played in the in the starting eleven, but with the with the actual starting level, with our best starting level, you know. He wasn't being part of that, and now you decide to put him in for this particular game. It was just weird, and it was clear that you were, you were trying to hold back a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was... It was... Uh, uh, you know, I was nervous uh, before going into this match. It's a complicated, you know, game, of course. But I thought I thought we were going through like everything was going according to plan. That first leg, that first yeah, the first leg was perfect. Of course, we could have scored more, but you know that's us. Um, uh, we depend. I put out the stat yesterday. Our, our last nine games, uh, we uh, you know we we've scored like seven goals, and Nicolas Sanchez is the one that scored the most. Like stuff like that. Where where is our offense? We we gotta stop depending on. Nico Sanchez being the savior of everything, um, you know, it was just bad. You know, there's nothing I can say. I just want to give a. I know Aviles didn't have his best match. He didn't play the whole game, but I saw him going for the ball, trying to get the ball running, getting hit. Uh, he finally showed that blood that we've always been asking. Uh, it didn't. It didn't help us make it or see it through. But mm-hmm. shout out to him and the. Uh, um, man, it was just, it's, it's the worst getting eliminated, yeah. <laughs> just the worst, like, especially uh, against Tigres. Uh, uh, you know, I could, I could go on and on. I don't want yeah. to do that. You know, it's just, uh, just a uh, painful match. Uh, yeah. bad, bad, bad grades for me, for everyone. And, uh, trying to, trying to calm it down because yeah. I know it's going to be a long summer. Yeah. Um, before I give my thoughts, Rumpas, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Um, um, <laughs> what is your um, dad? Well, we can pinpoint uh, particular people that are players that uh, they are not having the best moment. Um, one that, that he really shook me because he was playing good for the last four or five games, uh, Gallardo. I don't know if, if we have him because of what he does off pitch or what he does on the pitch because uh, he is basically responsible. Gallardo is responsible for bringing back Aviles. Um, yep, yep. But 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 the the two legs, I, I don't know. I I didn't see him. I he wasn't that player that that take the ball and runs all the way. He did it once on on the first leg, and uh, got tackled by by Chaka. Um, and Funes Mori, uh, he's a great player but we cannot count on him when it matters so so those two uh, players particularly for me are are the ones who, who we can hold a, a, a bit of a responsibility to and uh, well Alonso obviously the, the the tactical part he was doing good I don't think nobody expected Tigres scoring uh, especially at the end of the first half, we already had everything under control, 
And uh, I think that whether or not they they score, the, the, the strategy was to attack like we did on the second half. But thing is that you basically wasted 45 minutes. Um, overall, in the two legs, for me, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a Royals fan, so I'm going to say it. But uh, as, 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 uh, as uh, let's say, analyst, quote unquote, uh, of, the, of this sport, for me, the at least Royals got three out of the four parts of the two games. Um, the both uh, the entire match on the first leg was only Royals playing. That's why we were a bit confident that we're gonna that we were gonna do it. And uh, on the second half of the second leg, it was Royals again. So it was only that. It was uh, 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 it was actually with Gallardo who lost his. He's Mark uh, uh, Pizarro, and uh, they score, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm not I'm not too surprised. I am a bit, but I'm not too surprised because that was the risk. Um, they're, they're saying, which I agree a bit, that you don't give uh, Tesla to uh, to anyone, uh, mm -hmm. whoever. You have to have someone who really knows how to drive so we have an awesome awesome roster of uh, the best roster that we had had um, from throughout all royale's history mm -hmm. and we have a, a coach that i don't know if he if he's the one i mean i know that he's staying and everything and and i'm gonna support him because he is the one right now but I would like to see these these players. I don't know with Miguel Herrera to give you an example. Um, somebody who can really play football is just the, the the quality we have it. So, but at the end of the day, it, it it does hurt not as much as losing a final, an international final, just to be clear. <laughs> but it, it it does hurt. Um, because yesterday I I didn't tweet. Uh, actually tweeted out that that uh. All the analysis are done uh, after, not, not not at that moment, because everybody is hot headed and everybody was trashing basically all the players and Alonso. So I, I try to keep uh, people away uh, yesterday, but today with everything more calm, it, it, it was clear that that, that uh, a lot of the responsibility were Alonso, but but Alonso didn't miss those two. Amazingly clear chances on the first leg. Imagine yeah. that we get uh -huh. three three nothing on the first leg. You wouldn't be done. So, so it kind of falls both ways. I, uh, I, it is what it is. Just on that, that's exactly what I was gonna touch on. The the first leg, the Rayados had two scoring opportunities. One for Mori just had to beat Nal Guzman. And he, it was just him, one-on-one. -on -one. He just needed yep. to get the ball by him, and he didn't. And then there was the other one where Aviles crosses it, but it's just a little too high for Funes Mori to hand it in. And you just cannot miss those opportunities because, I mean, as much as we may dislike Tigres, they are a really, really good team. And if you give a really, if you give a really good, a really good team, you know, if you leave the door open for them, they're gonna eventually, you know cross in and Rayos had an opportunity before the first half was over to be up three nothing. Digas were playing like they were a hot mess 
and Rados could have punched him in the face. And like I said, up up three nothing, you know, heading into the second leg, or making it even worse because Tigres were really bad. And yeah, they walked yeah. away with the what nothing loss. And for them, that was gold because they played bad. Exactly. Yeah, they played bad and they're they're only down one nothing. All they need to do is just score one goal. And you know, you just can't leave you can't you know, you can't have those kind of uh mistakes or you can't let those um opportunities go by. If you have an opportunity to score and put your opponent down before they can even get up or, or have a any kind of train of thought, you know, it's a missed opportunity and it's it, it's just it's frustrating. I, I I for me they lost the game the, the matchup in the first leg. Uh the yes. the second leg it was just I know the guys are saying that they didn't defend the lead in that first half, but I look at the stats, they only had thirty six percent ball possession. Um and they only had yeah. one shot on target <laughs> out of four shots total. So yeah. one shot on target and only having 36% of the ball in the first half. I mean, I know Tigres is a good team, but they shouldn't be, you know, having 60, you know, plus 60 plus percent of the ball in that first half. So it kind of makes me, you know, they're saying one thing, but the stats say another thing that made me think, yeah. okay, I know they're, I, I think they kind of all knew that Diego Alonso was coming back. So they're not going to bury him and they're going to try and defend him. At least that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't know what you guys want to say to that, but you know, that's that's yeah. Uh, it's it, it it is um when you look at the stats, basically you 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 get punched in the face. When you're saying that you're not defending the lead, and you see the actual stats of what happened and what we also and and that 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 uh, shot on target was Pavon from. I think he was around his house when he, yeah. he threw that ball. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even a, uh, a play that, uh, that, that gets you near to the to the penalty area. Uh, it was a long shot. Mm-hmm. He, he could have, if he, of course, he could have changed the whole game. But but you you don't have a team to do that. You have a team to go run over them again, and you don't do it. Mm-hmm. So. That's mm-hmm. that's the, the the part that for me is confusing because. No, go ahead, Ompas. I'll add after you're done. Okay, um, it it it's it, it's confusing because you have the potential. You already have done it five classicals in a row, and when it matters, then you suddenly decide not to go forward. And we all saw that that, that we didn't attack on the first half, so it kind of it kind of. They're contradicting themselves with what they're saying, with what actually happened. Yeah, and yeah. I was gonna say, in the first leg of the of the Concacaf final, they were attacking Tigres. So, so the, you know they, yeah. that right there, I'm seeing them attacking them, creating plenty of scoring chances. And then, and, and yesterday, those 40, first 45 minutes, there's just nothing. It was, it was just boring to watch. And like yeah. like we said, numbers numbers say something that. They're, you know, the numbers aren't lying. And so it's just like, we're not stupid. You don't have to. It's okay to say, you know, we, we tried to defend the lead there. And I know they're not going to say that, but, oh, but don't act yeah. like we're stupid. We have access to the numbers. We have access to the stats. 
Um, no, and, and also we can, yeah. you know, we can see that change that you did. You put up Bangioni instead of Gallardo and Aviles. You know that that says something. Gallardo is more, the, more. I mean, Bangioni is more defensive. Like, uh, you know, they kind of sometimes they act like, uh, uh, you know, they're the only ones that know. But you know, you, you can see the clear stuff. Plus, uh, they're never gonna, you know, you're. It's very hard to hear them talk badly, not badly, but you know they're always going to defend themselves in the press conference. So I don't really care much about what Diego Alonso said just because of that. You know, he's going to die with his idea and that's it. But, but yeah. you know, I want to also give, I'm not going to give credit to Diego Alonso uh, for this elimination. What, I, what I'm trying to do is think about what Diego Alonso has done in a year. Um, yesterday, actually, was his first year anniversary with Madrid. And, um, or two days ago, I don't know. Uh, you know, first season, he goes to the semifinals, loses to Cruz Azul with a 1-1 yeah. tie. He made a mistake, but remember that season, it was full of injuries, full of injuries. Even Pizarro yeah. went out injured that year. Pizarro yeah. wasn't his, what, he, what we know right now. We lost in the final of the Copa MX against Cruz Azul. You know, it's a bad season just because of when you see the results, you know, losing finals and losing semifinals. But at the end of the day, Look at what happened in those, that semester, and then you look at this one. You know, you won the Concacaf Champions League against Tigres, and you got eliminated after a one-one draw against Tigres. Uh, you know, he made he. I think De Alonso has made mistakes, uh, but it was it's just like super specific mistakes. Like it's not like he's doing a bad job, yeah. but he's doing a great job, and then he ah he makes a mistake. You know, and and yeah. he grows from that, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's my kind of my little bit of a credit on the audience yeah because because it is it is uh worth mention because uh we had a, a coach for three years that won basically nothing uh yeah. just one one, one mx uh copa mx one uh i guess pachuca that really nobody cares about i mean so mm -hmm. uh it is it is worth mentioning that that uh alonso whether we like him or not He's doing good, so I, I'm not surprised that, that, that today they, they did a press conference to say what it was basically logical, that mm -hmm. he's going to stay and that yeah. he's going to be... What, what I'm hearing is that he's going to be more involved with the, with the transfers. Mm -hmm. um, okay, that's what we asked for, yeah. Uh -huh, which, is, which is great because last season it was pretty much the, the management who decided who and where. And uh, now we we kind of have an idea of where we are playing, which is better than last semester, where mm -hmm. where we didn't know <laughs> what we were doing on the pitch. Now we we kind of know how. Uh, I think that that uh, we we need players in a specific positions. We need a striker uh, that can really put pressure on Funes Mori because he's the only one on the whole team that doesn't have a competition. Mm -hmm. We can go uh, position by position, and you you're gonna find two at least good players that can do it. Mm -hmm. Except on Funes Mori, the 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 substitution for Funes Mori, who was it? Um, either Saldivar, which is I thank God he's going back to Chile, <laughs> yeah. and and Barreiro, who also I think he's going back to Paraguay. I I he's I going know, somewhere. I, he's leaving. Uh, if, if Pat uh, Pat. Pat uh, showed a picture of his uh, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. He looked I like mean, he was celebrating and he was partying on his way out. 
what I what I was told about it is that he's going on vacation, uh, mm -hmm. not necessarily not necessarily uh, going from. Uh, yeah. He he's not coming back, but I think that we those kind of players you can you can uh, borrow to I don't know Lobos or something like that. that let them develop there and then bring them back. But right now we need a striker with more uh, with more presence, and uh, we also need uh, a center fielder. We need a center back, and we need a goalkeeper. We definitely need a goalkeeper. We saw what happened with with Barovero yesterday. He's not getting any any okay. younger. Luis Cárdenas, I like Luis Cárdenas. Um, um, he's he shows good uh, good abilities. But we need somebody like I don't know Volpi, something like that. Would you? Yeah. I just just on the topic of this because I've seen a lot of people chiming back for um, Jonathan Orozco. Would you guys be Wanting to get him back, or yeah, uh, you know, I'm gonna say I love, I love, I've always loved Jonathan Orozco, uh, but I, I don't yeah, think please. we, I, if we don't get him, it's fine. Uh, he's a great goalkeeper, but I don't think we should, you know, uh, lose sleep over him. That's where I'm at. Rompas, um, I, I like Jonathan. I don't like him on my team anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, 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 it's it's the same uh, train of thought of, of the people who says uh, that that we need to teach. I mean, come on, mm -hmm. yes, we are all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, I was can gonna I say something. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, sorry, if... sorry to interrupt. Uh, you know, and I'm sure we're gonna go to this topic, but I just want to mention one thing about possible reinforcements or possible. You know how our team is gonna play next season. I think David, you know, at least kind of previewed it today when he said that he wants a team because they asked him about how are you gonna have fans come to the stadium and get excited again. And he said, you know, I want a team that gives us a show on, on the pitch, that scores goals, that plays offensively, la la la. And how, how do you want that? But also you want the Alonso. It's a weird situation they clearly are not in the same page still yeah but they, they unless i mean we tried giving diego alonso the benefit of the doubt that he can change his ways but yesterday proved that what's that saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks and mm -hmm. diego alonso when yeah. he was forced you know when he's forced into a corner or whatever went back to what worked for him in the past and what he's comfortable with so we're, we're, we're gonna I mean, see now go ahead on the thing with Alonso is that, the again, whether we like it or not, the trophies he got, he got those doing exactly what he did yesterday. So yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. Uh, apparently for us, it, it's more uh, the, the times that, that has failed are, are more. Because uh, mm -hmm. like Pat said, uh, last season was in semifinals against Cruzor, then la final de la Copa MX. Mm -hmm. Then yesterday, and we won one trophy, which is okay. I mean, it was especially because uh, it was against Tigres, so obviously. Um, uh, but but the thing is that uh, well, how can you play something else uh, when the the guy who decides what he likes to do on pitch mm -hmm. clearly doesn't uh, uh -huh. match your your expectations? So exactly. 
that's that's confusing. That's what I was gonna ask. Uh, so who's so either Davino doesn't understand what he what he sees on the pitch, or it's just a, uh, a generic response because I've feel like I've heard that before from Davino, or they're changing coaches and they okay. just said Alonso's thing. Like I don't know, but it, something is definitely not wrong, and we've seen that the, all this season, like bringing signings that do not correlate to what Diego Alonso plays, yeah. and. And Diego Alonso doesn't choose the signings. He said something like, "It's it's us, it's me and Diego Alonso that choose them together." Like I get it, but you know, you're clearly not going in the same direction. I don't understand, but I just yeah. wanted to get that out because yeah. Uh, one 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 thing that is important to mention, guys. I don't know if you noticed know or if you know already, but uh, Manuel Filisola is it's yeah. uh, about to to join. Uh, the management that that's gonna help a lot believe me a lot we need a guy like him What's uh, his a guy role? he's gonna be on the management uh, we we don't know exactly yet if mm -hmm. he's gonna be the head of the sports uh it's called director deportivo mm -hmm. yeah uh, uh, yeah uh, i don't know if that's the position i think uh, that's that's what what he's gonna do but whether we have him as a consultant or as a whatever it is. Yeah. He knows first. He knows the inside out of, of our club. Second, he loves our club, which is I don't know if the most important thing, but it is. No, good yeah. to have yeah. to have somebody who, who really understands the the fan uh, the fan side of the of the of mm -hmm. the movie, right? And uh, that's gonna be a great addition. Um, Mm -hmm. He's gonna he's gonna help a lot, Davino, um, and on on the decision making. So that that's a, that's pretty good news. And one that I I don't believe it yet, but somebody sent me out a a screenshot of a WhatsApp conversation with nonetheless that uh, Jesus El Tecatito Corona. And uh, in the screenshot, I haven't tweeted out because. I'm gonna get burned if if it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But but he's saying in that uh, conversation that he's going he's going to be back this summer um, for Monterey. I don't I know if it is true. I I'm just yeah. saying what yeah. I have asked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. I, on that topic, I mean, it's definitely something that could happen. You know, uh, I yep. I actually was thinking about that today and I asked somebody that I know um, that you know knows Porto and uh, he said he's staying so I don't know I mean you gotta come up yeah the, come with an the, the thing first. here the, the, the thing here with the Capito is not so much that uh, Porto doesn't want him because he's basically an idol there uh, of course uh, the, the whoever um, you ask from Porto is gonna say no <laughs> right but mm -hmm. the thing here to consider is that Tecatito has, uh, according to to information that we had on the past, and this this conversation that I have uh, also goes around that topic. Uh, he has uh, family issues. Um, mm, yep. I, the his wife is the one who who's decided that that she doesn't want to be no longer on Europe. Um, and uh, we can tell that that he's a really family 
family yeah. guy because even the, the the national team he he turned it down because mm -hmm. of it. Uh, so on that particular note, that's why I cannot believe it because we do have uh, facts that that can. Uh, Assure mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, that that may that happen that may I got that that may happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 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 I don't want to say that it's certain because nothing in life is certain. But yeah. I'm just saying because that's actually uh, uh, before about 20 minutes before we got on the podcast, uh, I received the the WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll be a great signing. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, we might as well just already start touching on this since we're already dancing around <laughs> it. Like, let's just touch on. This rumors. is what we love. Let's just. We, let's just. We have. We have a. Uh, we have some questions, but uh, before that, we'll yeah. we'll just touch on some of. I mean, we kind of already touched on some certain players and what we need, like uh, a striker, center backs. We might need some help in the midfield because who knows who's leaving and staying. Mm -hmm. Um, names. Um. I, I might as well just ask this question because um it, it surrounds it. Let me ask. Let me find that the Twitter. Um, I think it's from at. Hold on. Let me get his at right. Oh god, I'm gonna butcher that last name. It's Fernando Witron eight. Um, he asks, what are the options in this transfer market, and what players should be out there, and what do you think about Diego Alonso and Duilo? Thanks. Um, all right, who will first? Uh, Pat, you can go first. I'm, I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that question? Oh, sure. Sorry. sorry. Uh, <laughs> can you pay attention, please? What, 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 are, the, what are the options <laughs> in this market? Uh -huh. And what players should be out there? What do you think about Diego Alonso? And do, ugh, what do you think about do Diego Alonso? Oh. Yeah, uh, well, first, really? about Diego Alonso... Uh, He's not a coach for this type of players. He's not a coach for this level of players. Or not level, but the style of players. Uh, and as far as Julio Davino, I think he's young and experienced and is learning on the fly. Uh, My God, you're killing him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, There's he... No hope. He, he's, been, he's, he's been involved with soccer all his life. He knows about it. He can. He has good eye for 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 soccer, you know. And uh, but he's learning. I think he's learning. I mean, and Filisola coming in will definitely help. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know much about him, but what, from what Rompa said, you know, uh, that'll be good news. And as far as what names are out there, I mean, I, I'm guessing he means players to sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's always gonna be a lot of rumors coming in. I want. Uh, midfielder. I know uh, Celso Ortiz is getting uh, his his contract renewed this week, apparently, or this coming week. And uh, or yeah, this week when, when people are listening. Um, so, but I also I, I also want another good midfielder. I also want that Fortes Mori replacement, not just backup striker, but a replacement or a possible replacement. Uh, I'm not. I don't know names. It's like like uh, it, it could be anywhere. So I, I, I hold on before we go. Um... You you got into an argument with someone either this past week or oh, two weeks oh, yeah. ago. What yes. is up with Mario Balotelli? Like, where did know. that name come from? Like, where where oh, where, where did that? It's like I've seen people say Mario Balotelli. Like, okay, so okay go ahead. Pat. Playing FIFA. Yeah. Playing FIFA. So 
so people go into transfer market, yeah. they see a value, and they think you just go in and pay that value. And it's not how it works. Uh, you know, there's a way, there's a <laughs> lot more going to go. You gotta, you know, it's, it's a lot more. I'm not gonna go into detail, but you know, they see that and they think, wow, we spent uh, 10 million on whatever. Why do we spend it on Balotelli? Well, because it's different. Like, you spend those 10 million on a guy that actually wants to come to Mexico, uh, <laughs> he sees a, a opportunity for his family, blah, blah, blah. You're not gonna take, get Balotelli. I mean, you can, you can, I'm not saying you can't. But it doesn't work like that. So they just go to the transfer market. They see values and they're, they're like, oh my God, we paid 15 million for this guy while we could have yeah. paid 5 million for this. And that's not how it works really. But yeah. That, <laughs> uh, just just to, to, to add a, a bit on that particular topic because I saw your your exchange with with uh, with that person. Um, I'm not going to shout him yeah. out. Uh, uh, even though he's, he's a friend, whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but you really have them uh, right because it, it this this happens not only with 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 Palotelli now I am seeing Arjen Robin frankly I mean my God guys guys settle down settle down I mean, it's not how it so you're telling me they're not this is, are you telling me FIFA is not or you know FIFA the video game is it's not real life are you telling me that's not how how it all works exactly exactly I mean even even if, when you're playing FIFA even when you yeah. you try to buy and you try to buy, uh, you're playing with Royals and you try to buy Balotelli, yeah. it's gonna send you a message. <laughs> I'm not interested on in going on a on a on your league. I mean, it's a, a lower league. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it is what it is. But but the thing is that uh, it's not only with with those type of players. Look what uh, what happened with Brian Fernandez. He had one good semester. Well, actually, four months. Mm. And everybody was like, why do we have Maxi Mesa when Brian Fernandez is, I mean, guys, nobody knew about him before. Yeah, yeah. So that happens when you're the new rich kid in town. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 we are not accustomed yet to to have the budget that we have, meaning the management. No, no, not we. Uh, right. Uh, uh, so you're going to see that happening. Um, Pretty much every day, and uh, yeah. well, you you were uh, answering the, the question. No, and uh, and that happened. Uh, so uh, you know, I got into that little exchange or whatever. But after that, I still I started seeing like three more people calling for Balotelli, not Rayados, yeah. but Cruz Azul fans, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm I just think, gonna keep correcting people think, when they do I this. I think people <laughs> want their own version of Gignac, someone that yeah, from another country played. I, I I know about Gignac because I'm a PSG supporter and he played for yeah. Marseille, mm -hmm. and they want their own version of that. Like yeah. that's it. It okay. takes a while. Go ahead, Rompa. So you were gonna say something? Uh, yeah, it did. It, 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 it is necessary to have a player like Iñak in what sense? A player that you can count on on, on the on, on clutch time, right? We don't have that. We don't. And uh, it's not so much that, that, that it's from Italy or France or whatever. We just need one player that, that says on the on the peak hour, says, you know what, guys, give me the ball. I'm going to have this done. So mm -hmm. uh, this this particular time of the season or half season size we're gonna see a lot of names um, yeah. uh, but, but 
Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have any. I gotta look. I gotta do my research. I gotta see who's. I mean, we kind of touched on it. If you're gonna listen to that second part of the podcast, we do touch on the name for yeah. striker wise with uh, Simon. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody knows uh, we've uh, the River Plate striker. Uh, so I mean, we touch on that. So that's one name. Um, after that, I, I have to. I'm not gonna just say out names. And yeah, exactly. I, I gotta do my. I, I gotta do look. I gotta. Comments. We gotta look at you know, credible sources, credible people. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think when when transfer season comes around, people look at these names and are like, oh my god, we can we can grab. I, I you know, it, it's rumors get people excited, but then when they don't happen, it's a failure. It's like, oh, we we were linked to this person. And we were linked to that person, but we didn't end up getting none. You know, we didn't get any of those guys. And you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. You're gonna see that happening, especially from the actual press. Mm-hmm. Monterey press are good in doing that because of what? Because they throw the the names out there, the big names, the Pedro Abreu, which is a great player, Santos Borre. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I heard somebody said Marcone, uh, uh, even Diago Volpi, whatever name is uh, you may uh, hear or, or read from the actual press. It's because it's simple. If you throw out those names, you're going to get people excited and the hopes up. And then when you get a Barreiro, <laughs> then everything is wrong with our management. So. I I mm-hmm. I can only I can only say this. Um, just wait for the club to announce yeah. whoever it is is gonna be here. Cause, or or at uh, least wait for multiple people to to say or yeah. multiple news outlets yeah. to say hey, uh, and and not just for Monterey. You gotta at least wait for other people from and then you gotta see hey is this guy credible? Is this guy credible? You know you can't just automatically consume it. You know exactly. you gotta ask who who's reporting it. Are there any other people reporting it? And how credible is this person? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Pat will know. PSG, again, not to make it all about me, <laughs> but they're always linked to players. Like, always. I mean, it's, it's just they're linked to that player. They're linked to that player. It's the easy one, and, you and know. And it's easy because they have yeah. so much money. Seven. And it's it's and, and, and like you said, Rylos are the new rich kid on the block. And, and for the most part, PSG is the new rich kid on the block. Um, they're going to they're gonna be named. They're going to be linked to different players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you go ahead, Pat. No, you want. Speaking of, of 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 PSG and this coming uh, summer transfer window, Mbappe said that he might look for a project elsewhere. Well, so oh, we yeah. might interest him in some Copa Mekis action. <laughs> he can come to Monterey. <laughs> yes, he can come back. I'm gonna start saying yeah, Send, loan him out to Monterey. Loan him out for a we'll season or half a season. Um, <laughs> It's just Copa it, man. Yeah, it's just you, you, you <laughs> just oh no 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 the Copa the the club uh, the Mundial de Clubes. It's oh, that's that's how everything yeah. started. It's because we got to get right. ready for the Club de Mundiales. That's how everything started. My god. And, <laughs> 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 uh, but there's a second question. Um hold on, let me go back to the to Twitter. Let me go back. Sure, that was on the link. Um and it's from I have it right here. Uh is uh at Hola Manuel, hola underscore Manuel underscore, and he asks, "What objective?" Sorry, Twitter account, nice. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So he asks, he asks, "We have to burn you, man. We have to burn you." 
<laughs> yeah, so we asked, so we asked what, which objectives should be set to Alonso next year? So I'm assuming he wants to know what, you know, what, what task is management give Alonso for next season? And I guess to, you know, keep him in the, in the good graces or, cause I'm pretty sure he's at least going to be on the hot seat. I, I, I'd like to think, you know, um, but Pratt, I'm going to start with you. What, what are some objectives, you know, for you? What does Diego Alonso need to do next next season to keep his job? Or what right. you would be happy with, you know, yeah. for him? Yeah. So, first objective for me uh, is maintaining regularity throughout the regular Because two, two semesters in a row, that's what affected us at the end. Uh, getting, you know, points. Um, that's the first objective. You know, be more regular. Um, second win the Copa MX and win the Liga MX. Uh, you know, that's what we should be aiming for. I know we have the, the Club World Cup. We shouldn't be arresting players for that, first of all. I mean, uh, first of all, we don't even know when it's going to be or where, whatever. We should be focusing on the Liga MX and the Copa MX. Then, if uh, if we go to the Club World Cup, because it's not confirmed, Dulio said it's going to be confirmed on, Ju- on this June, uh, then we'll figure it out. But Diego Alonso, if he wants to keep his job, he's got to go for both titles. Um, but being, I, I, I just want him to be regular throughout the season. But we should go for both. That's 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 a given. Yeah. And you, Rompas, what do you what what objectives do you have for Diego Alonso for you to say to be happy with him and for him to have job security? Mm, it's easy. He has to win La Liga. There's yeah. no way around it. He. The, the main goal here is to, to win La Liga MX and uh, that I think that's the only the only object because La Copa MX, I mean, all right, if you win it, go ahead. But, but I really don't care about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that, that we have to focus only on, on, on La Liga and then we can think about the, El Mundial Eclipse. But, yeah. but even though... Let's say that he don't win the the liga and he does he does a good job on in the Mundial Clubes, he's gonna stay. So mm-hmm. uh that that that's why I want all the attention on La Liga. We have yeah. to like Pat said, we have to demonstrate the the the, the team, the huge team that we have. Mm-hmm. We have to basically um, maybe not win all of them, but mm-hmm. at least at least uh, yeah. 34, 35 points. Yeah, that's. I that's think. Simple. I think for me, for me, obviously, we got to win the league, and we have. To, well, first, we got to finish in the top two. Like I, I think about exactly. when I look at back at the season. I, I the, the games that stick out to me were the Leon match where they were winning two nothing, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and then Leon was able to tie it, so they dropped two points right there. The Cruz Azul. The Pumas won. So there's three games where they should have walked away with three points. And that's already not... That yes. would have been... They all got draws. So they were... Um, that's what? Six points, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that, that that they dropped. And they, that boom. You win those three games. You finish second. You probably even finish first. You know, I'm not looking mm-hmm. at the standings. But you see... It's just... I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's... That shit is gone. And mm-hmm. when they have leads... They, 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 they stop defending them and they just boom attack attack keep piling it on don't you know give them give your opponent any life by giving them yeah. the ball because you want to defend a two goal lead 
So uh-huh. for me, that's one objective, and obviously win the league, Copa Mekis, That's like cherry on top. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I, I do not yeah. care. Uh, global, uh, the Club World Cup. I, to be honest, I don't not. I don't know how people value. I don't give a shit about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a shit about it. I, 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 I. To me, like, I don't even know when it happens. I don't even know where. I, I'm not sure if it's on BN or where. I don't even know what TV broadcasting rights has it, but um. I do not give a shit. It's more of a of a field trip, you know, for yeah. for, for for winter transfer. You know, it's I mean PSG like and they have their Qatar stuff. So that's how I view it. it I, I don't give a shit. Just play good, finish in the top two, and win the uh-huh. league. Because at least in the top two, you're gonna if if you if you face if you finish in second, you're gonna face um, everybody below you. So in case that again that it's tiebreaker like, comes again, you'll yeah. be on the winning side. So finish yeah. in the top two win the league then you'll have if, if anything else but yeah um yeah that's yeah i mean yes that's that's it, uh, that, it i mean it. no go ahead pat i mean yeah the league is the league we gotta get it soon i mean it, it's it's been going for for a while without it and, uh, and we can't we can't keep especially with what what we're spending and our project what it's looking like you know we gotta get it soon yeah yeah we gotta catch up i i have a question for both of you guys uh, if you could name two players, who do you want gone from the squad? Rompas, I'll start with you. Oh my God! Um, players, you gotta go with two because you can't um, get rid of. You can't get. I know people like to say get rid of all these players, but you yeah, can't get no. rid of all of them. You're not gonna be yeah, able to get right. rid of. So you can only get rid of one, maybe two players. So I'm trying to be realistic. I'm not. This is, again, this uh, isn't FIFA. So Rompas, two right. players you can get off this squad. Who would it be? I would. Um... Say thanks to Aviles first. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for participating. We don't want you anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's one. That's that's one. And the other one, I might get a little bit of hate because of what he did on the last couple of games. But but Barovero, I really, how can I say this? I'm gonna give you an example. Um, if Jonathan Orozco was on the pitch yesterday you think he would have got gone out of the game because mm-hmm. his leg hurts yeah i mean why why do i say jonathan because he's the best goalkeeper that we have had throughout history so i'm gonna compare everybody to that right so yeah. i i would say uh Barovero and uh and, and aviles first aviles thank you aviles. you you're great person but we are not seeing the, the, mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. eye to so I would say by the Aviles and Barber. Mm-hmm. Pat, who who if you could get if if you had a choice, um who are two players that you want off this squad for next season? I mean I, I don't dislike what, what what Rompa said. I know I got a kinda like a soft spot for Aviles uh, but you know if he's <laughs> gone he's if he's gone I wouldn't mind it. it's clear that he's not in and it's top level, plus he's old. He's getting older yeah. and older. Yeah. Barovero is another one like that. And I agree. Uh, Jonathan Orozco would have never um, gone out of that game. Plus, plus. well, first of all, I, I, well, whatever. We'll, we'll not get into the Jonathan Orozco situation. But uh, for me, two players that could leave and I wouldn't care much. Uh, one, you know, to change the answers. Uh, Torlan Pavon, 
I think he's a great player, and I think he's a irregular player at the same time. Uh, yeah. You know, he he may appear sometime, but you never know when that is. And you know, I I, I don't want to deal with a player that, that you don't know when he's gonna show. We have so, we have too many of those. I think that's the problem. Yeah. We have too many. We have Funes Mori. Yeah. We have Bobon. We have Ordal. We have too many of those players on offense yeah. that mm-hmm. either they're gonna show up today. Or they're not going to show up at all. So yeah. I think if you have too many of those, you're, you're going to have a big problem. No, go ahead, Pat. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. And Dorlan is one of those. Funes Mori is another one. But I don't want him gone. I just want some competition for that dude because he's just never had it before since he's joined yeah. Monterey. Uh, so I don't want him gone. Uh, another player that I could, I wouldn't mind leaving the club. That's like a starter, starter, starter is is Van John. Uh, and I love that dude. I love him, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't mind it that much if if he ended up leaving. Really. Yeah. yeah. Just to be clear, um, we are answering on that question considering uh, the starting eleven uh, because yeah. the obvious yeah. answer. Yeah, the obvious answer is like Salivar, Barreiro. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I want clear. starters. You know. Because that's the tough, like, this is the kind of decisions management's going to make, you know. They're going to have to mm-hmm. either either replace starters or bring in competition for starters. So, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with both you guys. I, I think Avila Surtado's time has come. You know, mm-hmm. thank him for, your, for, his, for his services, but it's time to move on. We, I, I, I'm emphasizing this. We need to get younger at the forward yeah. position because we... I think in all positions because we have too many guys either in their late twenties or early thirties, yeah. and it's time to start. You know, I think the defense we we're kind of set. We got we got a lot of young players coming up. We saw Johan Vasquez, one of them. So, you know, defense, the you know all the best defensive backs. Um, I'm okay with most of them, um, but I do want to see a lot more youth coming in. You know, like I said, at that forward position, but Aviles would be one guy, and. I'm gonna go with Vagnoni. I I love the guy. He has really good. You know, I know some people are gonna disagree with us. That's fine, mm-hmm. but I you know it's, it's you know it's sports. You're gonna mm-hmm. you're, you're, the guys you love are eventually gonna leave either in good yeah. ways or bad. And I it's just we need to get younger. I mean we need to get younger. We need to get younger a little bit. You know obviously keep some veterans, but we need to get younger. So I think Aviles and Vagnoni would be the two guys I would want. Say hey, thank you guys for your services. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna move on here. Yeah, I, I, I saw I, a, I saw a tweet. Uh, I think it was um, at uh, Pat Rayado. Uh, that mm-hmm. he he tweeted out all the foreigns that we have right now, and and they all are old. I mean, mm-hmm. except for Barreiro, who's twenty two. Everybody else is either in the late 20s or the early 30s. So, yes, we do have to get younger uh, mm-hmm. players now. And uh, remember, as I try to mention it, almost every time that we we touch this, this subject, remember that the management has the idea to bring more Mexicans yeah. to the roster and get rid of, of foreign players. Mm-hmm. On, on on a small basis, uh, but they are doing it and they are gonna continue. I I, I yeah. the only issue, I just don't want to be like Chivas. 
that just oh no 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 yeah i don't want to be like that like that no like where it's just strictly and then then they kind of i'm not sure if they they have some kind of arrogance to them like oh we only play mexican players so it's like i don't want to be like that no i I think if you can split it down the middle you'll be fine yeah you know i mean i think that that, that, that it could be a, a i don't know six to seven players uh but all of them have to be really really good I mean, yeah. we have at least three players that, that are not even playing. For instance, Oreta Vizcaya is not even playing. Uh, yeah. So, so we we do have to consider that. And uh, funny that you mentioned Chivas because Chivas exactly what you said. It could do, it could be used either for good or bad. If they lose, they're gonna say, "Oh, it's just because we are, we only have Mexicans." And if they win. Hey, you you see, and we only have Mexicans. I mean, it's either yeah. one or the other. Yeah, and right now yeah. they're going through their their own shit show. But um, yeah. uh, before we go, uh, five Rayados are with the Mexican national team. Um, I'm not sure. Was it was the gold, was that the Gold Cup roster or was that just the friendly against just Venezuela? The, no, it's for the Gold Cup, but it's like a preliminary roster. Oh, okay. So yeah. So some people will get cut. Yeah. So we got for for right now we have five. So yeah. seven. Seven. We have seven. That yeah. was five. Jonathan Orozco and Chaka Rodriguez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Seven. Uh. So we have five. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. So, you know, keep. Keep an eye on for that. That's uh, we'll touch on that later on. We're just grieving here. And um, the highlight of last night, um, uh, speaking on the topic of the Mexican national team, Rebecca Bernard liked one of our tweets. So that's oh, yeah. always good. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. she, um, you know, sadly the the women's Mexican national team fell three nothing yeah. to Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. She started. Um, um, so you know, shouts out to the captain for liking one of our tweets. Hopefully they can follow mm-hmm. us. But um, but 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 yeah, it's uh, it's it was a rough night last night, or rough, and, uh, it was a rough Saturday. Yeah. No, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking on the national team, uh, Julio Avino spoke about what happened with Jonathan Gonzalez. They said, yeah, you can take him, but you know, when we're over with the Liguilla, and the federation said, no, you know what, no. And uh, when they when it was for JJ Macias and I don't remember the other player, they were like, okay, yeah, we'll wait for them. So, uh, you know, for the People that criticize Monterey because of that. Yeah. I really don't know nothing about I don't pay attention to that. I don't pay attention to I don't pay attention to the under 20. I think they're just trying to start something. Like, do you really no, care about the under 20? Do you? Like, are I, you going to watch it? Are you really going to watch the under no, 20? No, like, no. are you really going to watch Like, I understand the, 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 the senior squad, right? But are you really going to gonna watch not the even, under 20s? Not even the senior. I mean, yeah. Well, at least for me, at least for me, that, that, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not I saying that everybody should should do that. I mean, I I respect whoever uh, follows uh, hardcore fans of, of the national team, but I'm not. I, I this is uh, the the mindset of everybody here in Monterey. We yeah, care yeah. about Rayados, or Tigres, and then our families. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention that because, we, you know, when the news broke out, yeah. everybody yeah. and their yeah, everybody was, was criticizing yeah. Monterey. Yeah, like, how could you... And, yeah, and, and you know, it, it was for something that wasn't true. So, you know, we just wanted to clear that yeah. up. 
and, and, then I'm, gl- was, and, and then and I'm glad Julio Davino spoke about it. Yeah. 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 It's, I don't know. I, I I just feel like people are just blowing it out of proportion because yeah. it's Rayados. It's yeah, just blowing exactly. things out of proportion. It's it's Rayados, and like Rompa said, we have seven seven players that came out. Uh, five players that are now in our team, and two other players that came out from our cantera that are in the national team on the men's, uh, you know, the first national team. So you know, it's a team that gets criticized for all these players, mm-hmm. foreign players, mm-hmm. but we're always producing Mexicans. We have a we have a, a partnership with Toledo in Spain where we mm-hmm. where we send Mexicans. We have like three young Mexicans in Europe right now. Charlie mm-hmm. Rodriguez was one of them before yeah. uh, a year ago. Like you know, we're a team that produces Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know. Wh- when, you know also, you know how the Liga MX has that that rule. You got to play Mex, you know, young Mexican players X amount yeah. of minutes. That they, you know, the criteria they all have to meet, and we blow that thing out of the water. It's like, yeah, yeah. there's no way. Like, yeah. you have yeah. other clubs that are struggling to bring up young Mexicans, but we we get criticized mm-hmm. for not sending one guy to the under twenty World Cup. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think I, I think it was it was uh, last season, not this one. That that Tigres was on the verge of of losing yeah. three. Because of that rule, and and we we basically complied to that in about I, I think it was yeah. six or seven games that that, <laughs> that was done. Yeah, I mean yeah. we got I, I could just at the top of my head we have Charlie Rodriguez, Cesar Montes, Johan Vasquez, Jonathan Gonzalez, and I'm pretty yeah. sure we're gonna have more in, in the Cantu. future because our mm-hmm. sub twenty is that our sub twenty is, is off to the final so. Pretty yeah. sure there's gonna be a few, maybe two or three guys that eventually start getting mm-hmm. first. You know, get a look. They're gonna get a look on the first team. So mm-hmm. you know, woof, woof. I mean, I don't pay attention to that noise. I just feel it's yeah. There's something that just spite Rayados, or there's just hey, let's just. It's you know. it's on both. It's on both um, yeah. Tigres and Monterrey just because of what we spend and you know all that. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the end of the day, I, you know, we I live don't... in our own little world and we like it. Yeah, there. yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody's. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna. Save those tweets. I'm gonna ask. Hey, what, did you guys watch that under Tony World Cup? How was it? <laughs> yeah, that, they don't answer. Yeah, but, please, but yeah. Please. I, I just uh, just wanted to touch on that, uh, and then touch on Rebecca Bernal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll I'll always want to see Rayados and Rayadas on the on the team, just so people can shut up and say we don't produce any mm-hmm. talent for the Mexican team. But yeah, yeah um, I love I doing think, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. We. Mm-hmm. Kind of dissected what happened last week. Um, I think the only thing that happened on Twitter this week was that our account blew up because oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of the, I guess, a bigger um, or more established, I want to say more established um, Spanish-speaking Rayados accounts uh, started following us. Um, uh, De La Pandilla TV, Somos Rayados, those two. Uh, and then I got some people from Zona Rayada or Zona Rayado um, started following the, the account. So, you know, we're, we're moving and shaking over here. And we're going to shout out to, yeah. shout, shout out to Mau, Mau Calvillo, who's the, he's the administrator of uh, Somos Rayados. He's a good friend. Um, I, 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 I kind of want to apologize to him because <laughs> he took one of your gifts yeah and, i saw that <laughs> and then and then put it out like it was i mean that i mean i, I didn't like it so i yeah. i sent it out yeah no it. i i, I uh, seen that one sometimes what the thing is sometimes if somebody subtweets a, a gif or a video sometimes it doesn't show like 
at least on my Twitter account, sometimes it doesn't show the person that's yeah. credited with no. it at the bottom, and it, sometimes it does. So sometimes it, it doesn't well, show. It was shown. I mean, it, it did set uh, Rayados yeah. 90, but mm -hmm. what I'm saying is it's really different when he shouts you out. Yeah. Uh, so that's why that's why I, I reach yeah. out to him uh, and I, I say to him, hey, bro, I mean, mm -hmm. just, just, just mention the guy who did the gift because I knew that once he does that, we're going to get followers. So yeah. that was... Yeah, and that's what happened. Like, we were at 1,100 and something and then, like, my phone was blowing up. I was at work and I had to like turn off or or uh, the notifications for yeah. the job for well, Twitter. Well, well, and, but it was life. yeah, it was just blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, and then it finally finished. Like we got four hundred, either three hundred plus or four hundred plus followers, um, just because of that. So yeah. if you're if you're a new person listening to this, welcome to English speaking yeah. dialogues. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're gonna say something, Pat? Or, or no? Yeah, it's you know when you tweet out a, a video from Real Ninety or whoever, it shows down there. But you know when you steal it, it doesn't show there. But yeah. it's good that Real Ninety has now their watermark. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we know that you're still. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Eddie, remember uh -huh. to update the logo because you're missing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I gotta add. Uh, I'm trying to find oh. a, a. You have a, to a PNG if you logo. Want, if you want, you can. Put in a huge, huge <laughs> gold star. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to see uh, over the summer if, if the logo has already been updated. Because usually I can find a PNG logo of it. Yeah. And I, I don't. That, that's easier for me to Photoshop just because I can erase the. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm gonna, I can erase the logo and then add <laughs> the, the stars. That, that's how I did this one. I, I just ooh, right. erase uh -huh. logo, put that. But I can do that. I gotta update the bottom star, or else, um, or else I'll just copy what I have. If I can do that, copy and then paste it onto the other side. But it'll be easier. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just hire a graphic designer, a freelancer, or whatever. But um, right. I'll see what I'll see what I do with that. I'll, I'll try to do it myself over the summer. I know I have that has to be updated. But um, yeah, and I think that's about it. I mean, we covered everything. We had two really good conversations on on. Yeah. Um, this podcast uh if you're listening this is the first half the second half you're gonna hear simon um edwards who is entrenched in colombian football and we have a good discussion with him um yeah. uh, this is our first season or technically our first first season ish i mean we started like a little bit a couple weeks into the season so um it's just crazy uh just a little bit reflecting um uh, you know we're at over we're at fifteen hundred plus followers. Uh, last I checked, we're over seven hundred listens total for yeah. the podcast. Nice. Uh, just yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that discovered us, so yeah. you know, we're yeah. we're gonna keep going. Yeah, we're gonna go in the off season. We're gonna try to discuss what we want to do. Uh, we didn't want this to end this at this point, but yeah. you know, that's that's it is what football. It is. it is football, and it is what it is, like you said. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Pat, if you want to plug in your Twitter account, anything you want to add. Yeah. Uh, so follow me on Twitter. It's Tsunami Peaks. First, thank you to all the, all the new followers, all the new listeners. Uh, I just put out a, a news. According to L'Equipe, Mario Alatelli will not continue with Mario.
say so. Oh, hold yes. on for that. Story. You're ready for those Rayalos to Balotelli <laughs> to Rayalos tweets coming at no, you. Yes. <laughs> Fenerbahce is on the like the like the option right now, but yeah, hold on because there's they're I'm they're coming. I'm gonna something out right now. But yeah, no, thank you to everyone, the, the the new people listening. Thank you for the ones that are here. It's sad that the season ends now, but we'll continue through the offseason, you know, to bring the best Rayados content in English. Uh, and yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, Rompas, if you wanna add your Twitter account, anything else you wanna add? Yeah, um, well, my Twitter account is uh, at Rompas is back. Um, thank you to all the new listeners, uh, new followers. Help us by sharing this podcast with your friends. Um, it's it's a, a fresh point of view because of what we have said before. Um, it's three people from three different areas that live and breathe. Uh, football, especially Royals, differently even between us. So uh, just share and uh, thank you for for listening, for following, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue doing this because it, it, it's it's a great outlet for 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 us, and uh, we are not gonna be the 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 voice of 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 the majority, but we try to say what we feel and how we feel it. Um, as Rayal stands. So thank you to everyone. And uh, I just have reached 400, I mean, 4,400 followers. Uh, mm. Thank you to all my new rompistas. Uh, <laughs> because you you are the reason of the success of that Twitter account. Thank you. <laughs> uh, as always, follow the Rayal's 90 account, share it with whoever you want. Um, just you know, there's going to be no gifts until, what is it, August, whenever that yeah. is, so it sucks. Um, but we were going to have some guests, uh, so we're not going anywhere either. It's going to be every week or every other week. Uh, it just depends on how many or who we can, uh, you know, uh, pencil in. So we're not going anywhere. Uh, it's just, it, I think the off season obviously is going to be centered around Vallados, but we'll mm-hmm. obviously divulge into different other topics yeah. because we have the... Um, there's just other stuff that you know other people bring to the table that we might want to talk about like we did with Simon so mm-hmm. yeah just uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll, we'll talk to you guys either next week or in two weeks so uh, again thanks for listening Some of you may have heard his work or, or listened to his work or read his work. Uh, we're, jo- we're joined by Simon Edwards from Medellin, Colombia. Simon, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us on the podcast. No, you're very welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, so, Simon, for the, the, the reason why I, uh, I asked you to um, come on the show was because our, our team is filled with at least three prominent Colombians. Some that have been with the national team and one, I think all three of them, or two of them at least, have had some, you know, national team experience. And so I just, you know, the whole reason why behind it was because on, um, on Wednesday, uh, one of uh, our gifts on our Twitter account took off in Colombia. Uh, it was Stefan Medina making a nice tackle on Andre Pierre Gignac. 
And a lot of, you know, it, gained, it garnered a lot of traffic among Atletico Nacional supporters saying, well, how come he didn't get called up? How come Stefan Medina doesn't get another chance with the national team? And someone who's not familiar with Colombian football and just the country in general, can you explain the whole situation? Just give us as much detail as you can as to what happened. Yeah, he's a, he's a player who, I mean, one thing to, to take note of is that Atletico Nacional is one of the big, big clubs in, in Colombia. So him having done really well at Atletico Nacional for a number of years, and he really grew into his role at the club uh, at, a time, at a time when they were building up to their 2016 Copa Libertadores win. Uh, Osorio, uh, manager you obviously know quite well, mm. really did good things with uh, Atletico Nacional. And he really set the foundations for for the success that that team had in the in the years that followed. And really, Stefan Medina was a key man in that system. He would swap position with another guy who's been in Mexico, uh, Alex Mejia, who was a very important player for Nacional. They would swap positions. Stefan Medina would come into the midfield. Mejia would drop off. It was very fluid in that regards. And he played a really intelligent, kind of nuanced game in defence. Um, at the time, he did have a few Colombia call-ups. Um, I think one of the issues he has is he's often been played at fullback for Colombia. Um, I think Colombian fans in particular like their big, strong centre-backs. And, you know, you see now Colombia has Damiton Sanchez, they have Jerry Mina, Cristian Zapata. Um, and I think they kind of fit the mode a little bit more. Whereas Stefan Medina, there's a sense in Colombia, partly because he's so strongly associated with Nacional, so other fans are a bit dismissive. There's a lot of regional... Uh, rivalries in Colombia so he's a national guy so a lot of fans are very quick to jump on his mistakes and say ah, he's only in the team because he's a national player or he was a national player and, and he still has that connection um, also played a lot of fullback and I think one of the issues he has is he isn't seen as a big strong imposing uh, tough powerful defender he's seen as a little bit lightweight and you know with his curly hair he had back in the day people kind of dismissed him I think on some of those grounds. Uh, and he was he was one player who's, whenever he was picked, there was a lot of criticism. And I think some of it unjustified. He made a few mistakes here and there for the national team, but coming into a side as a fringe player, often playing out of position, you can kind of understand some of the difficulties he had. But that's really stuck with him. So whenever he's selected, even if he's not the weakest player in the squad, he's the one, particularly fans of, rivals of Nacional will jump on and say uh, what's he doing there he, he's a pecho frio he's not got the <laughs> the heart of a, of a real quality uh, centre back and he's and he's not quick enough to be a fullback so I think he falls between those two positions and that's one of the reasons why he's struggled to get back in with uh, Colombia uh, in recent years and as someone who follows a lot of Colombian football how it, what, what's your opinion on Stefan Medina what you know when when you first got wind of him when you first saw him how has he improved or maybe he's regressed in, in your opinions now now that he's playing in Mexico? Well, I, again, I don't watch him week in, week out in Mexico. Um, I saw him develop. I think confidence was a big part of his game. And once he uh, was part of a solid unit at Nacional before he moved up to Mexico, it really benefited him and it showed that his quality on the ball. Um, as I say, you know, sometimes defenders are, get the headlines for their for their you know their physicality and these kind of things and he was a player who really grew in to his role at the club and, and really excelled so you'll be in a better place than me to tell me uh, how he's developed in Mexico but um 
yeah, his his the crit the criticism he has for Colombia is he's a little bit people consider him a little bit lightweight and a bit a little bit floaty um, for a proper centre back. But it'd be interesting to hear what you guys uh, have seen him in Mexico and how he's developed over the years. Uh, Pat, you want to ask anything? Yeah. Hey, Simon. Uh, nice having you here. Nice talking about not only Stefan but Colombian football in general. Um, you know, since since Stefan Mena's first stint, his first part uh, in Monterrey, in a Monterrey shirt, was really bad. Uh, he was a young, nervous-looking defender, and he made a lot of mistakes with us. That's why Monterrey shipped him out the first time. He went to Pachuca, and with Pachuca, his first uh, like first months, he really did not look as well. So uh, he started developing. You know, he was a in Monterrey, he didn't start, or he rarely played. And in Pachuca, he was a starter week in and week out. That's where he started getting his, his you know, confidence, I think. And then when he goes back to Monterrey, he comes back a fully developed defender. He's been switching positions, right back, center back, and he does it perfectly in both of them. At least since he came back to Monterrey, he's been a great, great defender. I mean, he is nothing... You know, one of the best defenders in in the league. So I think he's developed. Uh, I, did, I never saw him with with Atlético Nacional, but in his time in Mexico, he's definitely developed. He's looking to be one of the best defenders in the league. Now, I know, you know, in Colombia, he's kind of a mistake uh, or a couple of mistakes really condemned him in the national team. But did you think, you know, I was looking at those mistakes you know, kind of to recatch that moment. Did you think those mistakes are really that bad? Especially being it was Uruguay, Montevideo, I guess Luis Suarez, Cavani, Estuani. Do you think that those mistakes should be uh, what condemned him for forever with Colombia? No, I think it's I think it's very harsh. Um, I think the way Colombia play, I think he's more suited to play centre back than right back because the fullbacks really, really are very attacking. You look at Frank Fabra. You look at Santiago Arias, they're, they're basically wingers. So in terms of the system that Colombia play, I think he's got more of a chance at centre-back. And I do think, aside from Davinson Sanchez and uh, Jerry Mina, I do think there is potential there in the future for him to have a chance at centre-back again. Uh, another guy in Mexico, Oscar Murillo, has been dropped from the squad recently. Christian Zapata is still there. He's getting older. He's not going to be the answer for much longer. Uh, Jason Murillo isn't playing very much at Barcelona and mm-hmm. has been on the fringes of the Colombia squad uh, for a while. So there is definitely a chance. Um, I think what you've said is, is is interesting because I do think that that's, that's the issue. It's a confidence issue. He has to feel comfortable. It's incredibly difficult. You see players who move clubs or, or play at slightly higher level, whether it be an international game or whether it be for a bigger club. And the pressure and the criticism is so difficult. Um, he he seems like quite a quiet, conservative, you know, reserved yeah. kind of a guy. Uh, and I think he may suffer a little bit from that, from the from the difficulties of such pressure and such criticism. So it's very, very harsh. And I do hope that he does get another chance. I do think he's a good player. Uh, mm-hmm. And there is the possibility in, in the coming years at centre-back. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's very difficult once fans have made a... The decision and changing that mind, that yeah. opinion is is tough. Yeah, I, I know. And uh, as you said, his competition is really hard. Not just because you know they're great players, but they're young. So though that that Yerimina, that Davison Sanchez partnership is going to go on for ten years, maybe. So mm. you know it's going to be hard for him to fit in there, especially in the starting eleven. But uh, yeah, Rompas. Is he there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here. 
uh, yeah so well first uh thank you simon for joining us um it's a real pleasure and uh i have a question um given that that you follow more uh colombian football uh, that, that we uh, do um at one moment here in monterey for Rayados, the idea was basically to bring uh juan carlos osorio because we we brought that time was medina mejia cardona pavon and uh i'm missing one i'm missing one yeah uh, it was half of atlético nacional yeah exactly so my question <laughs> is, is is in that regard how do you think given that that we all saw uh, juan carlos Osorio as a national team uh manager how do you think that the juan carlos uh could do in in a club in in mexico especially in monterey which is the 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 demand for for winning a title is is um um really really big and uh this this question is because right now we do have a a, a manager but it, it, it could be an option in the in the near future of juan carlos osorio so what do you think about him uh, as a as a coach uh and what do you think he can bring to the table over here in mexico Yeah, so he, for me, he's been probably the best coach in the Colombian league for the past decade. Difficult because Nacional was so successful as soon as he left. But I think he set the tone for everything that came after. Rueda did a great job, won everything, won the Libertadores. But it was his, it was a system of Osorio with a few additions yeah. and, a, and a bit of man management that really set things up. So for me, he, he did a great job at Nacional, but he almost got sacked within six months of taking the job. Um, I do think he needs a little bit of time to get his system right, get everybody on board. He's very, there's a, there's a lot of things happening, which is, which is impressive when it works. But obviously, you need a little bit of time to get things in place, which is why I was a little bit uh, concerned as an international manager, because there's less time on the training ground, less yeah. time to introduce these complex ideas. So he, when Colombia, Nacional scraped into the playoffs uh, in Colombia, you have top eight playoff for the championship. So sixth or seventh position, I believe, in the first year, he just got in the playoffs on the last day. And then a couple of last minute goals, a, a free kick in the last minute. And he got, he dragged them to the title. If he hadn't won the title, there may never have been a, a, an Osorio at Nacional and Osorio is a great manager. But over the years, he really did instigate a lot of interesting Uh, developments in the side, a lot of fluidity, players switching positions, uh, keeping the width but using the ball, adding an extra man in midfield, lots of stuff that I thought was very, very impressive. So I think he's he has the potential, he has great ideas. Obviously, he needs everyone on board. He needs a little bit of time. There's a lot of questions. But if he can establish his system and get everyone working together, then I think he has the potential to be a great manager. If he, if he can't get everyone on board, then it can be a short, disappointing spell. Uh, so I think there's a risk there, but I think he's got a lot of quality as a, as a coach. So, All right. so, so Simon, I, I want to ask, because uh, a few days ago, I, I, when Colombia announced their, their roster is it for the Copa America, you kind of subtweeted how much you miss Dorlan Pavon. Can you explain to me or us why, why do you miss him? What, what about him is it that, that you miss? Yeah, so when I first got to Colombia, we're talking 2008, 2009, the best two players in the country were Dolan Pavon and uh, Giovanni Moreno. Uh, Giovanni Moreno went to Argentina, then ended up linked with Juventus, ended up in China. 
Uh, and Dolan Pavon obviously went around the around the world <laughs> to everywhere, Italy, Spain, Brazil. But when he was at Atletico Nacional, he was incredible. So quick. He actually started up the my, the team I support, my local team, Envigado. Um, and he was yeah incredibly quick, explosive. And his the goals he scored in the Libertadores, you know, 45-yard free kicks where there's no way he should be shooting, flying into the top corner. Um, I remember that. Incredible. I remember that. Yeah, against I think Peñuel, one of the great free kicks he took. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Plus, he scored away against Bolivia. Everything was in place for him to be the main man for, for Colombia. Uh, you know, a really important first-team player. And then, you know, he made some poor decisions uh, in terms of transfers. Uh, lost a little bit of momentum. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just still think as a as a wide forward, uh, an inside forward, I think he's... Uh, a really dangerous player, and I think he he could be useful still for Colombia. I mean, you guys have seen him more than I have, yeah. but uh, he's a player I always like. It provides a lot of different qualities. So, can yeah. you explain what happened? Like, why isn't he getting called up anymore? Is there is there another, you know, Stefan Medina like situation that went on there? Well, a lot of people point to one free kick he took <laughs> in 2014 <laughs> qualifying. Uh, it was away against Ecuador. Colombia were losing one nil. Uh, they got a free kick at the edge of the box, uh, 99th minute, uh, no, 95th minute, 94th minute. And, you know, obviously, Hammers is there. It's going to be Hammers to take. And while they were still setting the wall up, Dolan Pabon hit one wide, a really weak free kick. And many people say that was that. And uh, honestly, it hasn't been mm-hmm. really picked since. Obviously, 2014, Colombia had a lot of good forwards. Um, Falcao, Jackson Martinez, Adrian Ramos, Carlos Baca. They had the top goal scorer in most of the European leagues in that season. It was, it was incredible. Um, so it was a very difficult time. But he had played an important role. As I say, he won the game away in Bolivia. With a you know with a, with a winning with a winning goal late on, which is a huge result, difficult altitude. He'd done a lot of great things, but he just didn't quite fit in the mix. I think it was a personality issue. Um, people consider him to be kind of arrogant, and you know some people love that. But uh, in a mm-hmm. in a squad where he's going to probably be coming off the bench, I think there was a sense that um, he's best suited to being the main man. And when he's not, he can kind of uh, the group can kind of suffer perhaps. Uh, from his presence so yeah it's yeah. uh it's unfortunate because i do think he's a very good player but it does seem a personality issue temperament issue mm-hmm. uh that seems to be the main concern pat uh is there anything yeah yeah dorlan Pavon is a really weird one uh with us he can be that guy that scored that goal against peñarol and he can also be that guy that you know does this free kick against ecuador uh he's that uh inconsistent sometimes you know sometimes he gets good little amount of good games but it's really i mean even for monterey like when he came in for the first time he came in running scoring goals like crazy and went back to spain so when he comes back you know it's been a crazy ride with him some love him some some don't uh every season it's uh is he finally leaving is he finally leaving but he stays and he does something great yeah you know it's it's a weird guy to have on your team, especially his position. Even yesterday, like he didn't play really good, and, and he almost scored a, a, a goal lasso from the from almost you know from the half. So yeah, I think Dorlan Pavon also has a lot of competition in Colombia in the in the in the national team, especially in, in the attacking uh, sector. Colombia is really well. 
Uh, but apart from Dorland, do you think Aviles can be another one that can come back to the national team? Yeah, I think he's been off the radar for a little while. Um, I think it's, it's a weird one with Colombians going to Mexico um, because the Mexican league, Colombians have a lot of respect for the Mexican league. It's definitely seen as a step up in terms of quality, although some would don't like to admit that. Um, and I think there's, there's usually one or two t- Colombian teams that are really competitive at that kind of level. But the league in general, I think, is, is, is richer in Mexico and the quality is, is overall higher in Mexico. But many Colombian fans don't watch it week to week. They'll watch the highlights. They'll see the Colombian players doing well and they're happy. Um, but it's kind of like when a Colombian mm-hmm. player is reaching a certain level when they're up for sale, everyone's hoping they go to, to Europe or to, to River Plate and then everyone will keep watching them play. So I think yeah. players, players lose their, their, their backing in terms of public support when they go to Mexico. Um, there's always there's always a few people who've been watching Mexican football who go, no, no, he's really good, he's doing really great. But they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing it in River Plate, if you're doing it in Europe, then everyone everyone pays attention. Um, so I think that's probably the thing that, that, that hurts him the most. Um, a lot of really top, the best Colombian players often end up in Mexico. Um, Mateo Soribe could be in Europe, but mm-hmm. he's in Mexico. So I think... I think it does limit the chances in terms of the national team just because there isn't that base of support pushing for, for players to be included. And I think most in Colombia have completely forgotten about Aviles. So it would have to be the, the coach putting his name behind him and, and putting himself out there to, to bring him back to, to get him the chance with the Colombian national team at this point. Uh, Rompas, you want to ask anything? Mm, yep. Um, two, a two-part question. One, who, in, in, your, in your opinion... Who would be the next big uh, striker from Colombia right now to follow uh, in the Colombian league? That's the first one. And the second, it's a, it's a rumor uh, going around about Santos Borre, the River Plate uh, striker. The Reyes might do an offer for him. Uh, I think they're saying almost $30 million, I think. So what, what can you tell us? Uh, more of, of an insight on, on Santos Borre as a player uh, as well with the possibility for him to come to, to Mexico. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, nice questions. Um, because the Mexican clubs are probably going to buy these players <laughs> to get the chance. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think right now the best young forward player in Colombia is uh, Luis Diaz of uh, Junior, okay. who's uh, yeah. a, a left, yeah. left winger can break beyond the, the forward line, really, really skillful. He's actually from, uh, he's got an indigenous background, which isn't a route that many Colombian players take. He's from, uh, he's Guajiro. He's uh, from, from, the, uh, from the Caribbean coast along uh, La Guajira. Um, he's really skillful, really elegant, lots of step overs, cuts in from the left. Talk of Cardiff City buying him for 5 million, which is a bit out there, but interesting um but i think he's very undervalued and i think within a year he's 25 30 million he's really he's going to be an important player for colombia at the copa america i think so we'll see about him someone who's a little bit more affordable uh, maybe ricardo marquez who's a young striker for newly promoted union magdalena uh, kind of a tall target man finisher top goal scorer in the second division he was actually at Millonarios. And they were playing him centre-back. And he's, he was told, basically, you're too skinny. You're not going to be a footballer. So he went back to be a delivery boy in, in, uh, in uh, Santa Marta and joined Union Magdalena. 
a second division team, won the second division, scored all of their goals, and now he's in the top flight and he's still scoring. So he's an interesting one, much, much cheaper and, uh, you know, a decent number nine striker. In right. terms of Santos Borre, I'm a big fan. He was a very, very technically Me gifted too. player who suffered from being not quite a 10 and not quite a 9 initially. Very good. He would score yeah. golazos. He would ping him in from 30 yards. But you didn't know what he was. And he went to Atletico Madrid, Villarreal. And again, he was good. But what was he? Once he joined River Plate and played as part of a front two, then you really saw his development in terms of tactical awareness and his work rate. He was, he's become a really excellent pressing forward. Um, does all of the dirty work, does all the runs off the ball, opens up the game. Plus, he's got, still got that technical ability. So for me, he's gone from a player I wouldn't recommend buying, despite being really talented, to being someone in the right system would be really, really useful. Because he occupies the entire defence, continuously moving off the ball, pressing, making runs. He's technically good. And although his finishing isn't always perfect, it's pretty decent now. Um, but yeah, a, a player, I think, who has an incredibly good attitude and has really improved his game uh, in terms of tactics and position and work rate in the last couple of years. And a, a good player, I think, uh, for, for the team in the right system. You can't be a lone striker. If you pair him with somebody, he'll do all of their work and he'll open up the game. Uh, Simon, before somebody... we let you go, oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say that somebody like Funes Mori, maybe Funes yeah. Mori and Santos Borre. We can pair uh, him up with that. Yeah, I mean, just I'm just saying, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he plays with Prato in in River Plate, and Prato is the physical guy, and then uh, Borre is doing all the running around him. So yeah, I think, for example, if Colombia are going to play Falcao in the Copa America, they can either play him with Duvan, who's a big target man to occupy the defenders and free up Falcao, or they can play him with a Santos Borre, who's smaller but is a lot more dynamic and will keep moving and keep everything ticking over. So he can kind of be the complementary guy to a, a proper number nine finisher. Who wants to free up some space? You know, sometimes we would do all the, all the, all the running about, and then you can have a number nine to put the ball in the net. All right, thank uh, you, Simon. Before we let you go, I, I, I also have a two-part question. You kind of answered it a little bit, but okay. what do Colombians think of the Mexican league, and what's your perception? And and two, would, you know, you said that they don't get a lot of backing because not a lot of Colombians are able to watch the games in Mexico, but if Somehow, Mexican teams, again, found their way back into the Copa Libertadores. Would they be able to at least keep tabs on them? You know, at least they'll be able to watch their 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 matches against South America. Or how do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think if um, the Mexican teams are back in the Libertadores, there'll be more Colombians in Mexico getting caught up to the Colombian national team. I think it would be that simple. Uh, obviously, you don't want to read too much into public opinion, but... You know, you need to have a you need to have a backing, and that definitely helps. Uh, in terms of the Mexican league, I think yeah, I think it's 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 good quality, and I think Colombians respect it. You know, the best Colombian players end up there, so it's obviously quite good. Um, I think <laughs> I think the money in the league, yeah, you know, I think there's there's a, it makes a lot of sense for Mexican sides to go after Colombian players because I think there's a lot of value there. Um, you compare it to Brazilians and Argentines. They're, they're, you know, it's a third of the price, fifth of the price to get Colombian of a similar level. So it makes a lot of sense. I think the league in Mexico, from what I've seen, is is of a good level. But, uh, you know, I sometimes get the sense that 
maybe Mexican football is a little bit complacent because they have the money, because they have the opportunity to bring in some South American players. You know, I kind of feel that at least with the Colombian players that go there, there is a sense sometimes that they get a little bit comfortable in Mexico. You know, the money's good, the the quality of football is good, the stadiums are full. Um, maybe some players yep. have the chance to go to Europe and and maybe have a new yep. challenge, and they kind of get a little bit too comfortable in Mexico, and that potentially stops their yep. development as well and, and limits their mm-hmm. national team opportunities. Uh, yeah, one example is sorry, no go ahead, sorry Pat. To, no go ahead, Pat. No go ahead, uh, one example is, for example, Rodolfo Pizarro, who was with uh, Guadalajara. He was, you know, um, doing great. Wanted to go to Europe. Wanted to go to Europe. But a Mexican team comes up, Monterrey uh, comes up with 15 million, signs you up, pays you uh, a million and a half a year, and, and you know it's tough. You okay? You you accept it. You say I'll, I'll stay there for a year, but you know it's going to be harder to now go to Europe, and you know have your salary reduced. Re- by a lot so you're right I mean that Mexican league suffers because of that but at the same time you know the Mexican teams get actually get very strong that's why I want to see them in the in the Libertadores and uh, just a quick a quick question what happened with Colombian teams in the Libertadores this year (laughs) 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 what needs to get better what needs to get better on a bad note and bad note well (laughs) I think (laughs) I think um, junior, junior has a great side on paper but they have a terrible coach. I think one of the things that Colombia suffers with is coaching. They have so much talent, but the same as Brazil. You know, there's so much talent, but uh, I think teams are quite complacent and there isn't a great deal of new ideas in the league in terms of management. So I think Junior has this problem. They have a load of great players, but uh, the likes of Teofilo Gutierrez basically picks the team at Junior. <laughs> so, And he's decided he's a number yeah. nine striker, even though he isn't a number nine striker. So... I think Junior <laughs> suffer from tactical issues. Tolima have lost a lot of their key players. Sebastian Villa uh, went off to Boca Juniors and he was an important player for them. So they did okay, but uh, suffered from yeah. that. Atletico Nacional sold everyone they had from 2016 <laughs> for a load of money and then put all of the money, bet the whole house on Al- uh, Almiron uh, and buying a load yeah. of Argentines. And they mm-hmm. sacked Almiron and he left with all his Argentines because they were a bit rubbish anyway. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a complete waste. So all the Mateos money mm-hmm. has, has gone down the drain. So Nacional are kind yeah. of regrouping. There's a few teams that are looking interested at the moment. I think it's a little bit of a, a lull. A lot of players have left the league uh, given the success in 2016, 2017. Uh, and it's kind of yeah. a regrouping period. But uh, yeah, not, not a nice sub- subject for the, for, in terms of Colombian football <laughs> this year's Libertadores. <laughs> Well, hopefully they get better soon. Yeah. Uh, Pat, do you have any more questions or, or rompas before we let yeah, Simon I, go off? I, I I do have one last question. Um, uh, Simon, uh, where do you rank Mexican uh, football, Mexican league, actually, not football, uh, amongst all the the South American leagues? Where do you rank uh, our league? Is it uh, because a lot of people say that uh, it's it's Brazil, then Argentina, and then Mexico. Now, the the last few years, they are even saying, a lot of people uh, from South America are saying that now our league is amongst the, the Brazilian even better than the Argentinian when it comes to football. So what where do you rank them, uh, the league as, 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 a, as a Colombian uh, point of view? 
yeah, again, take take what I'm going to say with a massive handful of salt because, you know, <laughs> I don't watch your league week in, week out. I can only talk about uh, moments and players and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I think in terms of South American football, I think, as I mentioned, I think Brazilian football is way behind in terms of ideas. They are yeah. so rich in terms of quality. There's an incredible amount of really talented teenagers. Every team has five potential world superstars coming through. Yeah. So talent is incredible. But ideas, I think Brazil is falling behind. And I think it's something they need to think about. Because every team plays quick wingers and big big mm-hmm. midfielders to destroy the game. And a, and a number nine and the fullbacks push on. Every team kind of... The, the defenders defend in their own penalty box. The strikers defend in the opposition strike and, uh, penalty box. And there's about 100 yards in between for players to just run up and down. It, it's very yeah. limited tactically, I think, in Brazil. Argentina, Uruguay have good tactics. Uruguay is a small country, so their players leave very, very early. So in terms of the level of the league, you know, it suffers. Yeah. They have a great unity, good atmospheres, a couple of really big teams, but... The depth in the league isn't great because of you know, yeah. players are leaving by the time they're 20. Yeah. Argentina, again, I think the league structure is a bit mad. There's, there's too many teams in the league. But <laughs> they have a good depth in quality and they have better in terms of ideas. Colombia, Ecuador, I think these are countries with great potential, great raw talent. But again, the, the system, the league, the, the process, the ideas is what suffers. But I think those are two great potentials in terms of development and, and a few years ago I would have been much more positive about Colombian football I think I'll be positive again soon but it's a low point in terms of Colombia so Mexico I think in terms of talent um, I think it's up there uh, I think Brazil is richest in talent Argentina is richest in football culture and ideas um, mm-hmm. and Mexico again is, is up there in terms of talent so I would put it in the in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think every league has its limitations and it has things that's pulling holding it back. Yeah. Um, and you guys will know Mexico better than me, mm-hmm. but I, I would say it's in the conversation now, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of talent at least. Uh, Pat, I think you have one more yeah. question. Yeah, uh, it's a, a comment and a question. Uh, first, I think you might have Mateus Surio soon in Portugal, playing in Portugal. He has an offer, so that's good for for Mateus yeah. because in America, you know, he's been. In and out, not a not a constant starter yeah. uh, in America. For Juan Carlos Osorio, where do you see him coaching next, or maybe you know where he's coaching next? Uh, no, I, I I don't know uh, at the moment um, with Osorio. There was calls for him to coach the Colombian national team. Mm-hmm. Um, the situation was kind of strange. Uh, he would have been. He kind of divided opinion in Colombia um, when his name was brought up. The, the board that was deciding on the new coach, it was kind of split half and half. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I think part of it's regionalism. If you're from Medellin, you love him. Yeah. If you're from elsewhere, mm-hmm. you paid more attention perhaps to some of his Mexico collapses um, mm-hmm. and perhaps enjoyed them as well because, you know, <laughs> rivalries. Um, so I think he divided opinion in Colombia. People see him either as a risk or as a genius. You know, he, yeah. I think he's both. I think he's both. So, um, yeah, I, he was definitely a divisive figure in Colombia. But there was a lot of enthusiasm when his name was brought up from a lot of people. And then some saying, yeah, but, you know, look at this collapse. Yeah. And look, look over there. And, you know, so, yeah, I think he's a talented, talented manager. But uh, I can see the risk. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, Simon, uh, as Guys that support Monterey, I mean, the two South American countries that 
are have that have, have heavily influenced our club, our Argentina and Colombia. So you know, we really appreciate you taking the time um, to join us here. Uh, you know, if you want to plug in anything that you're either working on or, or where people can follow you before you head on out. Yeah, so Twitter at Simon Edwards SAF. Um, I, I do some podcasts for World Football Index, and we've got a lot yeah. of stuff coming up on the U20 World Cup and the Copa America. So. If you're interested in finding out all these talented Colombians that you guys are going to steal, steal from us <laughs> in the coming yeah. years, then uh, you can uh, check those out on the, on the podcast. All right, we'll be all taking right. notes. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. take notes. We'll, we'll, we'll write down players and then we'll look them up. So, Simon, I <laughs> really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Cheers, you guys. Know, thanks. Cheers, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, Simon. <laughs>